Hello, everyone. This is Niu Niu. Welcome to a special episode of the third season of Old Wisdom, New Insights. Today, I'm very happy to welcome back our special guest, Professor Steve Roddy, with the University of San Francisco. We are going to talk about the star of our previous two episodes, Feng Menglong. Hello, Professor. Hi there. Hi, great to have you on the show. So, if you are to introduce Feng Menglong, what is your overall impression about this man? What would you describe Feng Menglong as? Well, he was just really busy collecting material and publishing many different versions of fiction and poetry and other kinds of prose through his relatively long life. So I guess I would say that he was really hardworking. Yeah, <laughs> he、uh, was. And also someone who really looked into you know areas of Chinese culture and Chinese literature that had not been explored very thoroughly before his time. I mean, he was part of a trend in that era in the 17th century to look at folk traditions and you know sort of bring the kinds of singing and and writing that hadn't really been possible to publish before that time. Uh, he brought that kind of material to light and to a broad audience in the 17th century. I agree. He was very popular in his time, and、uh, I have read some of his stories, some of his works. I enjoyed them quite much. But do you think readers nowadays, or even readers from outside of China who do not really have a you know Chinese background and who are not familiar with the culture, with the history? Would they be able to appreciate his works? Well, there's been some actually the entire Sunyan collection. It's a collection of、uh-huh. 120、yes. short stories. Has been translated into English and was published oh about 10 or 15 years ago, I think. You know, that's his major work, short story collections, and I think they're very easy to appreciate. A lot of them are masterpieces. So yes, I think people can definitely appreciate them even in translation. They've had an audience、uh, for actually several generations now because they've been translated as early. I mean, some of them were translated in the 18th century, and then more in the 19th century, and then even more in the 20th, and then finally the whole thing in the early 21st century. So, it's clear that there is an audience for his work. So. The humor, the sarcasm, all that can actually translate and、um, let's say be appreciated. So, in that sense, do you have a favorite one? Do you, what is your favorite story that happened to Feng Menglong or Feng Menglong wrote? Well, you're probably not going to believe this, but、uh, <laughs> I I actually like his collection of songs、okay. that are sort of very vulgar.、Um, <laughs> Poetry slash really doggerel that he recorded during his lifetime and then published in three collections. Shangge, you know, literally means mountain songs.、Uh, why? I really appreciate those because they give such a vivid portrait of people's lives in the countryside in the 17th century. They're just completely what you 
you, you just don't believe what you're reading when you see these <laughs> things because they're so explicit. I mean, not just sexually, but in every way, they really give you the completely unvarnished picture of what life was like for you know illiterate peasants or merchants or you know people kind of living in the the lower rungs of Chinese society at the time. So I really like that book. It's a compendium of several. It's actually two volumes, uh, so it's fairly long. And unfortunately, not much of it has been translated. Uh, so <laughs> we'll have to wait until somebody really takes the time to do that. It'll be、there's、hard. There's also another one,、uh, but it'll be fun. Yeah,、uh, there's also another one called Qing Shi,、mm-hmm. which is the literally the history of love.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was, he was、uh, that was part of his aesthetic is that、uh, love and sensuality were very important to him,、mm-hmm. even though he was kind of a moralist. You know, he was a lot of his stories, most of them actually, especially the fiction, have a very clear moral to tell, and it's often. It seems a little bit stuffy and conservative, but you know, he does a good job telling the stories, so it doesn't hurt that much. But、uh, you know, he was he was a complicated figure, and and I think he really exemplifies that Chinese culture and Chinese philosophy. Even don't make a clear distinction between the abstract and the concrete, or between the body and the spirit.、Mm. You know, there, there's a kind of continuum, and so you find that it's very evident in his work. Yeah, I think sometimes the kind of writer that are very Lively presents you with the raw and really fresh kind of stuff are easy to appreciate. They m- make really vivid record of the history in a strong, easy to leave an impression kind of way. So I understand why you like the folk songs and <laughs> the、um, <laughs> yeah history of love very much. And I do too. And to a certain extent, I feel like Feng Menglong also, though he. Was kind of rigid and kind of、um, traditional in a way. He did have a respect for women, which is ahead of his time a little bit already. So, yeah, he was someone very much fun. And speaking of him being a Person who was very energetic, like you said. <laughs> Actually, in our podcast, we mentioned that in his sixties, he decided to become a local official, leaving his comfortable life behind. What's your take on that? Well, in that sense, he was no different from you know the other people that we talked about.、Uh, it's just that he didn't reach a high status. But that was the goal of educated people, even if they had other careers. They wanted to be officials. That was sort of what you did if you were a well-educated man in traditional China. So he was maybe more unusual in that he did it late in life. But、uh, a lot of people actually didn't succeed in the examinations until relatively late,、mm. or you know, were not appointed to a position until maybe even their 60s. That wasn't that uncommon. So I, I don't think he was unusual in that way, and I think、uh, it, it was just something that, when people had the opportunity, they felt a responsibility to do because that's what society expected. And I realize more and more that it, it's a very praiseworthy ideal that people contribute to society through government, through participating in government. So. Do you think it's a hard to understand kind of phenomenon for Western listeners that 
most ancient Chinese people would find that no matter how successful you are, ultimate goal, if you're a scholar, if you have、uh, received traditional Chinese education, you would always want it to, like you said, contribute to the society. It is somewhat unfamiliar, I think, to maybe especially contemporary American society, but it wouldn't be that unfamiliar in earlier eras, even in the U.S. or in Europe as well, perhaps other places, that people did do these things. For example, there's a tradition of poets in Europe、uh, serving as diplomats. That was quite common for famous poets to eventually become high, you know, ambassadors.、Uh, one of the greatest、uh, French poets of the 20th century was an ambassador in Asia, as, as was Van Gulik. He was a great sinologist, actually, from the Netherlands, and he served in many diplomatic posts in Asia, and then wrote a number of books, including fiction. I don't know if he wrote poetry, but he. He became quite well known for his adaptations of Gongan Xiaoshuo in the、mm. 1950s and 1960s.、Uh, so I don't think it's that unusual you know, across the world for people to have done these different things. People who are well educated to serve in public positions like that. It's just that now in our current world, I think we've degenerated, and、uh, <laughs> you know, at least in my country,、uh, money,、mm. money is everything. <laughs> Uh, Money rules everything now, and everything is monetized. So people, I think, have lost that sense of respect for public service and public servants. In that sense, I do feel like for old wisdom, new insights. This is already the third season, and、um, we've been talking about all these different sayings and different ancient people. And I sometimes would also include some. Relatively modern day stories and、uh, encounter these figures, including Tu Youyou or Jiao Yulu. I'm not really sure if you heard of these people. They're modern Chinese people who would have this really noble goal in their life. They wanted to, for example,、um, cure a certain disease, and they spend their entire life doing it. And、um, when I'm encountering these people, I do feel like sometimes. In this day and age, we do need some moral role model in our lives that reminds us that if you have reached a certain level of comfort in your life, maybe it's time to try giving because sometimes giving can really give you much more satisfaction and happiness compared to merely receiving.、Mm-hmm. Hopefully,、uh, these. Old Chinese wisdom would provide certain kind of new insights for our dear listeners out there. And、uh, thank you so very much, Professor Roddy.、Um, it's been an insightful conversation with you. Well, thank you, Christine, for inviting me. I appreciated it. It was a pleasure talking to you about all these interesting subjects. Well, this actually brings us to the end of today's special episode of Old Wisdom, New Insights. Thank you guys so very much for your company, and a special thanks to Professor Roddy for joining our show. Hopefully, in the future, we'll have more opportunities talking to each other. And for those of you who are listening, if you have anything you want to say, you want to share with us. 
Please leave a comment under this podcast or send us a direct message through email or Facebook. We'd be happy to answer your questions. That's it for today. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. Hey guys, this is Niu Niu again. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe via wherever you tune in. If you have any questions or feedback, please get in touch via email at crilearnchinese@gmail.com, or you can interact with me directly on my Facebook page, Niu Niu Chinese. That's N I U N I U Chinese. Thanks for your company, and see you next time on Old Wisdom, New Insights.